that the war had been won. Then I heard that the king of the ages had fought all life's battles for me. And victory was mine for the claiming. And now, praise his name, I am free. Here's winning, the battle is over. Here's winning, there'll be no more war. Here's winning, the end of the conflict. Here's winning, and Jesus is Lord. Here's winning, the battle is over. Here's winning, there'll be no more war. Here's winning, the end of the conflict. Here's winning, and Jesus is Lord. Amen. Look at Genesis chapter number six. I know it's been a busy day. Uh, for a lot of folks, got a lot of extracurricular activities going on with getting ready for Christmas and different things. But Genesis chapter 6, and once you've found that, then you just find your place over in Ephesians chapter number 5. I'm not going to be in Genesis 6 long, but I'll eventually be over there in Ephesians chapter number 5. If you'll remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, before we left, I was dealing in the book of Acts about uh, dealing with church membership. One of the things, the order is this, a person gets saved by the grace of God, uh, then they get baptized by immersion. Uh, in the water to be identified with the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then they join a local assembly uh, close by that, that believes in the fundamentals of the faith. Somebody, a place where you can go and uh, you can have fellowship, you can have discipleship, you can have worship, and all that, and all that takes place. Um, and of course, evangelism, trying to reach the lost with, with the gospel message, all that's a part of a local assembly. Well, tonight, I'm going to put a little different spin on it. And I preached along these lines some time ago, but I didn't finish. Um, I preached the first part, but I didn't preach the second part. And this has been a couple years ago, and uh, so I ain't never forgot that. And we're going to finish up that second part tonight. Some of you may remember it, some of you may not. But anyhow, I believe it will help you if you'll give a listen here, not because I'm preaching, but because it's God's Word. God's got a Word for us all tonight to help us. We've been dealing with, with, with church membership. Well, tonight, I want to tell you how to be a better church member. That's what I want to preach on. If you want a title, that's it. How can I become a better church member? I'll go even further than that. I want to tell you tonight how you can be a better husband. Tell you how you can be a better wife. How you can be a better child. How you can be a better parent. How you can be a, a better preacher. How you anything, any, a, a worker, an employer. The answers is found here in the Word of God tonight. Some of you looking at me a little bit strange, like, man, I don't know if I can be a better husband. I don't know if I can be a better wife. I don't know that I can be a better parent. I don't know that I can be a better child. I believe you can. You know, it starts with that, that what is that, six-letter word? Is it six? Yeah, effort, E-F-F-O-R-T. A little bit of effort, but God's got it. There's a formula. And it's not complex. It's simple, but sometimes it's the most hardest. It's the hardest thing for us to do is to submit to what God has for us. But he's got a plan for my life. He's got a plan for your life. Tonight, if you're able to, if you would, stand with us in honor and reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Genesis chapter number 6, and then I'm flying over to Ephesians chapter number 5. I'll be in Ephesians 5 and Ephesians 6 for just a few minutes, and we'll go to the house. But how in the world can I become a better church member? How can you become a better church member? I want to explain that tonight with the help of the Lord. Notice Genesis 6 and verse number 7. Of course, the context of this, God has saw the wickedness of man, and God's getting ready to destroy man off the face of the earth. But I want you to notice what it said in Genesis 6 and verse number 7. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. But I love verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now look at verse 9. 
These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. It doesn't mean that he was perfect, spotless, or sinless. It just simply means that he was mature and he went through that maturation process. And the Bible said Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. But don't miss this. And Noah walked with God. Now let's pray. Father, as we come into your presence, God, again tonight, sure, thank you, Lord, it is finished. I thank you for the good singing tonight. Lord, I hope it's prepared our hearts, Lord, for worship, and Lord, to hear from heaven from the page of the Word of God. And I pray that you'd speak through this feeble preacher, Lord, I confess I'm nothing. You are everything. Speak to every heart. God, help somebody if there's one lost listing, never been saved. God, may tonight be this very hour that they trust Christ. But I pray for that in this way, be walking a far distance from me. They're saved, but just out of your will. And I pray tonight that you'd corral them back in. We'll be careful to give you thanks and give you praise for what you do. We ask these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. One of the most profound verses in the Bible. Very, it's very simplistic, and it's very simple, but the statement that Noah walked with God. Boy, what a statement that is. Think about Enoch. Enoch had this testimony uh, before he left earth that he pleased God. You'll find that in the book of Hebrews. Two great statements about two great men. One being Noah, the other being Enoch. But the key there uh, to this text tonight in verse number 9 was, was this fact. We know that Noah had found grace in the eyes of the Lord, but he made this statement, Noah walked with God. I want to tell you, if you want to be a better daddy, if you want to be a better husband, you want to be a better wife, you want to be a better mom, you want to be a better child, a better parent, a better deacon, a better Sunday school teacher, a better choir singer, a better preacher, or a better employer, a better employee, just walk with God. Just walk with God. Now, you see, that's simple, and it's simplistic, but I want to break it down further. Turn with me over uh, to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 5. Now, that the Old Testament... We think about this, Noah walked with God. What does that mean? Well, I'm going to show you the New Testament commentary of Genesis chapter 6, and verse number 9, where it says Noah walked with God. What does that mean in New Testament days? Well, it's pretty clear, and I've covered this territory a lot, but it's worth hitting again. It's one of the simplest terms that you'll see, but sometimes we struggle in this department. We struggle all the time, and I say we, including myself, because when you look at this text, you're going to know, you say, yeah, I know exactly where the preacher's going tonight, but look. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 18, the Bible said this, Ephesians 5 and verse number 18, And be not drunk with wine, where is an excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of of God. Well, preacher, what's the New Testament commentary of Genesis chapter 6 and verse 9 where it says, Noah walked with God. I'll tell you what the New Testament commentary is. It's found in Ephesians 5, verse number 18. Be not drunk with wine, where's in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. You can't even walk with God apart from being filled with the Spirit. You say, well, I disagree with that. Listen, you'll, you'll be far, uh, hard-pressed to find anything in the Bible because the Bible said we're dead in trespassing sins apart from Christ. And leave, listen, after salvation, we still, in order for us to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish, we need to be filled with His Spirit. Now, He gives that example of be not drunk with wine. And we, we can see that, bring it up to speed to our day. You take somebody that, that begins to drink alcoholic beverages, they get behind the wheel, and they get in an accident, they kill somebody, well, or they, they get stopped. They're going to be charged with driving under the influence or under the control of that alcoholic beverage. Now, God said to the New Testament believer, leave alcohol alone, amen. You say, well, I don't like that. Well, you have to take that up with God. God said, be not drunk with wine, where's the next? But be filled with the Spirit. Now, much like the individual that sips on that alcohol is controlled by that alcohol, we're not supposed to do that, but we're to be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. In other words, we're to live under the influence. Now, you know this as good well as I do. You see somebody that, that begins to drink alcohol, they'll begin to think different. They'll begin to walk different. They'll begin to Active, they'll begin to 
talk different. Why they're living under that influence, under that control. Well, listen, the same can be said about an individual that's living under the influence and the control of the Holy Spirit of God. I promise you, friend, you'll look different, you'll act different, you'll behave different, you'll think different, and you'll talk different when we live under the influence and the control of the Holy Spirit of God. That is the New Testament uh, definition of what Noah did. He walked with God. How did Enoch please God? Well, he was filled with the Spirit of God. Now listen, if I want to be the dad God's called me to be, if I want to be the husband God's called me to be, if you want to be the person that God wants you to be, we've got to get this concept to live under the influence and the control of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, you look at the early church, and I've hit this in passion, too. It sort of goes along with what we were hitting on before about church membership. And, of course, a person gets saved, and they get baptized, and they join the local church. There's a lot that can be said about that. But look at the early church and what they accomplished. And uh, A.W. Tozer made this statement. He said 95% of what the early church accomplished would have ceased without the work of the Holy Ghost. Fast forward to 2023. He said 95% of the work of the modern local church would continue on if the Holy Spirit was removed. Now, if you'll get that and let that sink in, man, you'll say, man, we, we rely way too much on the arm of our flesh. We rely way too much on technology and education and, and, and intellect and how we articulate it. It's not necessarily, listen, uh, everybody's a little bit different how they articulate the message. But the message presentation really doesn't matter. It's the Holy Spirit of God. It's what's got to penetrate the Word of God in the individual's heart. Listen, only the Holy Ghost can impart truth of God's Word. And boy, we can do a whole lot more when we're filled with the Holy Spirit of God. You think about the New Testament, and there's a lot of examples I could give you about that, but there's two reasons why people were filled with the Holy Spirit. One was to withstand certain circumstances. You remember Stephen, as Stephen was stoned, you'll find in the Word of God that he being full of the Holy Ghost, lived up and he said, Lord, lay not this sin of their charge. You see, God allowed him to withstand that circumstance being filled with the Holy Spirit. Ghost. They also, when you think about the filling of the Holy Ghost, there's, there's things that we cannot do in and of ourselves. But when you get filled with the Spirit of God, it enables us to do certain tasks and certain ministries. Look at the Apostle Paul as he went and he was full of the Holy Ghost, the people that he won to God and he won to the Lord Jesus Christ because he wasn't relying on the arm of flesh. He was relying on being filled and controlled, living under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God. And there's five areas of our life that God will help us in if we are filled with the Spirit. But can I just say this tonight? When it comes to reason, there's a reason. There's a reason for feeling. Notice this was not a suggestion. Well, if you feel like it, be filled with the Spirit. That ain't what he said. He said, be not drunk with wine where there's an excess, but be filled. What an optional. It was an absolute. God said, it's my responsibility as a believer, your responsibility as a believer, to be filled with the Holy Spirit is not an option for the New Testament believer. Luke chapter 12, verse number 48 said, For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required, and to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. The reason I need to be filled, the reason you need to be filled, is for this simple reason God told us to be. No excuse if we're not. But now, as I've said this before, and I've used this illustration, the best way I can explain it, and I've never, and I've, gosh, I don't even know how long I've even, I guess a little over 20 years, well, yeah, a little over 20 years pastoring altogether. I've never one time, Brother Harold had a visiting singer come up, and they were staggering under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God. As far as I know, never had a preacher, an evangelist, or anybody singing in the choir that staggered up to the platform to preach or, or to teach, do any of that. No Sunday school teacher that I'm aware of. But how many have walked up to sing or to preach or to teach or to do anything that were not filled with the Holy Spirit of God? Think about that a minute. Maybe they were relying on in, in their technology or technology or intellect or their articulational skills where they presented something and they didn't rely on the Holy Spirit of God. I'm telling you, folks, we can do. He enables us to do a whole lot more than we ever could on our own if we just learn to lean and to linger in His presence and, and to trust Him. But listen, the reason for feeling is He told us to. Number two, think about this. There's some requirements. Fulfilling. Did you know there's some requirements? And this is really why uh, most of us are not filled most of the time. 
Because there are some requirements that we don't that we don't hit. I mean, we don't, we don't meet those requirements, so we can't be filled. Well, what does it mean? What are some requirements for being filled with the Spirit? Well, can I just say this? It takes total commitment. Or we can put it this way. It takes complete commitment unto the Lord in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Now, listen, at the moment of salvation, you're indwelt with the Spirit. But that don't mean you're always filled. There's a difference in indwelling and feeling we're filled when we choose to obey what God has told us to do. But it takes a complete commitment. The best way I can explain that is where we invite the Holy Spirit into every aspect of our life. For example, you take out your key. You got your key to your car. There, there's keys to our lives where we turn those keys over to the Lord. How about your dating life? Lord, it's yours. Your married life, Lord, is yours. Your financial life, Lord, here's the key. You could go on and on. Your work life, Lord, I'm giving you this. A lot of times the reason that we are not filled, Lord, I'll give you this area, but Lord, you just stay out of this area. No, he wants it all. And when we surrender that and we submit that, we can live under the influence and the control of the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, man, this is sweet. You'll be a better daddy. You'll be a better husband. You'll be a better wife. You'll be a, a better mother. You'll be a better child. You'll better be a better employee, an employer, a deacon, a Sunday school teacher, a preacher, a singer. Man, if we would learn total control. Complete surrender unto the Lord, turning over every key that we got. Say, Lord, it's yours. I told you, man, it's easy preaching, but it's hard to do. But there's a requirement. You want to be filled with the Spirit, it takes a a complete commitment from your social life, your dating life, your giving life, all that, giving it over to the Lord. And it takes continual, and it's continual control. What do you mean continual control? This is part of the requirements. How does a drunk stay drunk? He keeps drinking, don't he? Amen. He keeps drinking that alcoholic beverage and he stays under that influence and he stays under that control. Listen, we just got to stay committed unto the Lord day by day by day by day. Man, it'll make us, it'll change our life. It'll make us a better church member. Amen. It'll make me a better preacher if we'll just do those things. But the reason for feeling God told us to, the requirements is it takes complete commitment and it takes continual control as we surrender our lives over and over daily unto the Lord. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit and it'll make a difference in our life. Notice the results even in our text here that I read in Ephesians 5. Notice it said again in verse 18. And notice what your Bible said. And be not drunk with wine, where it is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. What are the results of being filled? Well, number one, our relationship to God will be right if we're filled with the Spirit. Look at verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You see, if we're filled with the Spirit, you'll be continually praising the Lord. You say, well, wait a minute, preacher, i got a lot of problems in my life. It don't matter. You get filled with the Spirit of God, you're able to have that right relationship with God. Man, you can still rejoice regardless of what comes your way. Amen. We ought not just be fire-weather Christians. Everything's going well, and I've seen some of them. You have too. As long as everything's going good, man, yeah, I'll serve God. Little first little problem going in they're gone. Listen, we can still have a right relationship with God when we're control, living under that influence. That control, our relationship to God will be right. That's a result of being filled. You can speak to yourselves in Psalms and hymns when the world is raging around you. When it seems like all the, 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 the pit of hell is coming against us, you can still rejoice knowing, man, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit of God. There's a right relationship between me and God. I got melody. I'm singing with hymns in my heart. Don't mean that all your problems are going to go away, but you can still rejoice in it. Now, you couldn't do that if you weren't filled with the Holy Spirit of God. You know what we'd do? See, when you're not filled with the Holy Spirit of God, you'll begin to grumble. You'll begin to complain. You might even begin to backbite. But I make you a full 100% guarantee you'll do none of those things when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why? Because your relationship to God is going to be right. Not only that, your relationship, your relationship to circumstance sort of goes right along. What I just said, look at verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
You see, when you feel the Holy Spirit of God, you've got the same perspective that God has. Your relationship to Him is going to be right. You're going to be speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You're going to give thanks for all things. Ain't that what the Bible said? You're going to give thanks for all things. You're not going to be bitter. You're not going to be gripey. <laughs> You're not going to do any of those things. Why? You're living under that control. And in essence, if you're living under the influence and the control of the Holy Spirit of God, yeah, you're going to be a better church member. You're going to be a better daddy. You're going to be a better husband. You're going to be a better woman. You're going to be a better wife. You're going to be a better child. You could go on and on and on. But you see, there's some requirements that come where you take every key, access of your life, say, Lord, it's yours. It's yours. And regardless of what comes your way, you're living under that influence. Your relationship to God will be right. Your relationship to circumstance will be right. But listen to this. The relationship to other people will be right. Look in verse number 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Did you know if everybody submitted one to another, there'd never be another problem? Let's chew on that a minute. I said if. If everyone submitted one to another, there'd never be another problem. We see the problem is not everybody's living under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God. And as the night grows darker, the saints of God should shine brighter and brighter. I said they should shine brighter and brighter, but we won't do that unless we're living under the influence and the control of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, the feeling of the Spirit, in order for us to be a better church member, to be a better daddy, a better husband, a better wife, a better mother, a better child, a better employee, better employer, you could go on, whatever you're doing in the church, a singer, a deacon, a Sunday school teacher, a choir member, makes no difference, working in the nursery, whatever you're doing. Man, I'm telling you, we've got to learn to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God. We all got ideas, don't we? We all got ideas. But we got to get to the point, all right, well, it ain't what I want, Lord, what do you want? And you see, his word, listen now, his word and his spirit will never, they'll never be in con contrast one to another. They'll always be in harmony. They'll always be in agreement. In, in other words, you can say, well, you know, preacher God, the Holy Spirit led me to leave my wife. I'm going to show you in the Bible where no, he didn't. Amen. I'll thank you for the one amens. Well, the Holy Spirit told me to beat my kid to death. No, he didn't. The Spirit might have told you it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It might have been the hellish spirit. There is a hellish spirit, by the way. But when you look at this, there's areas of our life that, that God will make us better if we'll listen and we'll submit ourselves unto the Holy Spirit of God. What about our worship life? We just hit on that just a second ago. Our worship life will be right if we choose to be filled with the Spirit of God. I believe this, and I believe this with all of my heart. If, 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 if the majority of Faith Community Baptist Church come together and everybody was filled with the Spirit of God, we couldn't contain it. This building couldn't contain it. Now, did everybody understand what I said? If everybody come in, in one mind and one accord, and it wasn't about... This one or that one or what I want, what this one wants. But if everybody was single, laser focused on the Lord, Lord, it ain't about me, it's about you. If we came with that mentality, we lifted our voices, praises unto the Lord. Everybody's speaking to themselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and they ain't got the mully grubs and they ain't griping and they ain't complaining because they feel with the Holy Ghost of God. They're living under the influence. They're living under the control of the Holy Spirit of God. You would have a worship experience like you've never experienced in your life. I'm telling you, man, it'll make us a better church member. Our worship would never be the same if we chose to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Our worship life would be different because he said there in verse 19 and 20, but not only that, our wedded life. I'm going to park right here just a minute now. I'm going to drop a plow just a second. You get filled with the Holy Spirit of God, your worship life's going to be right. But you get filled with the Holy Spirit of God, your wedded life is going to be all right. It's going to be better. You say, what are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about that marriage relationship. Everybody's tensing up already. I can feel it all the way up here. Amen. Look at verse number 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Somebody about swallowing their tongue right there, but that's what God said. Just hang on. 
For the husband is the head of the wife. Now, wait a minute. Now, that, that wasn't the husband's idea. That wasn't the wife's idea. That wasn't my idea. That was God's design. Now, wait a minute. That, that is not. Now, I'll tell you, if you, uh, you want to have a big D, and I ain't talking about divorce, if you want to die, just have this mentality with a club in your hand dragging her by the hair. That ain't what God's talking about right there. You better get that, man. It ain't the club mentality. The Bible said in verse 23, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Now, we go on. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. But again, the husbands have got the greater responsibility. The wife says, Man, I don't want to submit. Well, listen, the husband has got the greater responsibility. Because look at verse number 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Wow. How are you going to do that? You can't do that in and of yourself. It's impossible. Well, preacher, I love my, life, my wife like Christ loved the church. The only way you can do that is being filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. You want your wedded life to be better, get filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Don't look at all the negatives. Well, I wish you'd do this. I wish, well, thank God for what she does do. I wish you'd do this. I wish you, thank God for what he does. Amen. Christy said, we've been married almost 27 years. First time I've ever heard this, Brother Harold, was this afternoon. She said, we're going to start a new rule at the house. I said, what's that? She said, if you mess it up, you're going to wash it. That's what she said. That's what she said. You know what I said? I said, me and Grace, you're exempt. Oh, <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, wedded life, man. I mean, you want your marriage to be sweeter? You want it to be better? Get filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Don't be such a sire puss. Amen. Get filled with the Holy Spirit of God, living under the control, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You're going to be giving thanks for all things. Man, you want to be a better husband. You want to be a better wife. You can't do it with the arm of this flesh, man. You've got to live under the influence and the control of the Holy Spirit of God. It'll help your worship life being filled. Amen. It'll help your wedded life, whether you believe it or not. That's right. Look at, look at verse number 26, that he might sanctify and wash it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Now listen, every one of us are a work in progress. No matter how young you are, how old you are, we all work in progress. Not every day we're, we're filled like we should be. Some days we might be a little better dad than we, than we were yesterday or maybe a little worse tomorrow. But a lot of it trails back to me not being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Same holds true with me standing up here preaching, man. I don't want to land. I don't want to just stand upon my, my strength and I don't have any strength to, to stand upon. I've got to have His Spirit to, to help impart truth unto you because the Holy Spirit of God takes the Word of God, which was inspired by the Spirit of God. You see that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is full, encompassing, and it's still working in the lives of believers today. And it'll change your worship life. It'll change your wedding life. We ain't done. It'll change your work life. Look at chapter 6. Boy, America needs this. The world needs this. Look in, in Ephesians 6 and verse 5. Servants. Now, he's talking about here in the work, in the work environment. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. With fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Now, I know, I guess, uh, I'm old enough to see, I remember there was a time when there was a lot more respect for authority than there is today. Even in the workforce. I mean, you get back, Tommy, you get fired. They give you the pink slip. You're going to get fired, man. Not a lot of folks talk back. And, and again, you've you got to really guard yourself against all this stuff. But, you know, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit of God, the Bible said servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Well, preacher, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. Well, listen, you're not going to be able to do that unless you're filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. The context of this, he's still talking about the Spirit. Look at verse 6. Not with our service as men pleasers, but as the service of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. You know, the work ethic's a whole lot different than it used to be. Brother Kevin, you'd probably say amen to that. Anybody that's in the workforce, you've seen a change. 
I'm going to tell you this, what will make you a better employer, what will make you a better employee is get filled with the Holy Spirit of God. There's problems going to rise, sure. There are going to be things you're going to have to do you don't like. But man, you can overcome that stuff being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And thank God that you do have a job that you're able to put food on the table and clothes on your back. Can I get a witness right there? You get filled with the Holy Spirit of God, your worship life will be right. Your wedded life will be right. Your work life will be right. But also your war life. Look at verse 10 of Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Harold, it didn't say for me to go in the, in the power of my might or your might or John's might. He said go in the, in, in the might of the Lord. And God enables us to do that. There's going to be wars, folks. There's going to be battles. You've been saved in a length of time. You've been through some struggles. You've been through some wars. You've been through some storms. But, man, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit of God, you say, man, there's a problem on every side. But, man, you can get that old sweet song deep down in the gable into your soul. And you got those psalms and those hymns. You begin to make melody in the Lord. And you're giving thanks in the midst of it all. Man, it'll help you in your war life when you get to the point where I'm going to be filled with the Spirit. But there's one more area. Notice, flip over to chapter 6. Look with me in verse number 18. We get filled with the Spirit of God. Preacher, how can I be a better member? How can I be a better dad, a husband, a, a wife, a mother, a child, a co-worker, an employer, employee, a deacon, a Sunday school teacher, a preacher? How can I be better? Well, you get choose to give God every access, every key. Don't you hold one of them back. All right, Lord, you can have this area, but just stay off my giving life. You know, you can have this area, just stay off my social life. Stay off my dating life. Stay out of my married life. No, God wants it all. And when you completely surrender unto the Lord and you get filled with the Spirit of God, regardless of what may come, man, I'm telling you, worship life will be right. Your wedded life will be right. Your work life will be right. Your war life will be right. But also, think about this, your witness life will be be right. This is one thing we've probably let down on more than anything else in the modern 2023 church is the opportunity we have to share our faith with others. Some have been made to believe that that's the preacher's job, although it is. Some have been made to believe, well, that's the deacon's job, although that it is. But it's every child of God's responsibility to share our faith with others. One of the reasons we're so afraid to tell anything to somebody because we're relying on the arm of flesh and not being controlled with the Spirit of God. It's my contention, my belief, as we're looking through this, sure, when you think about being filled with the Spirit, our worship life will be right, our wedded life, work life, war life, but our witness life will be right. Look with me, notice what Paul said under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God in Ephesians 6 and verse 18. And he just lays out the whole armor of God. And he wraps this thing up in verse 18. He says this. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me. That utterance may be given unto me. Watch this. That I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. What is the mystery of the gospel? I'll tell you what it is. It's that God will save whosoever will. Based on the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, man, I'm praying for boldness. Listen, if you want to be a witness for the Lord Jesus, look at verse 20. For which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now, as Paul's pinning this down, he's in a Roman prison. I mean, he's in chains. He's in shackles. And he's praying that, that he will have utterance and boldness and an opportunity to share about the mystery of the gospel to a lost and dying world. And in order for us to be effective witness, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Too many times we rely on our reasoning skills, our presentation skills, our articulating skills, all that technology and all that's good. But man, we cannot rely on the arm of this flesh Amen. It takes the Spirit of God. But it's up to us to want that. But you know, here's what the real sad thing is. As Sister Savannah comes, and I can't say that I, I hadn't fallen prey to this as well. You see what the solution is. You see what the answer is, is to be filled with the Spirit. But too many times, I just don't have the, the burden or desire to have 
that. Amen. Now, maybe you're better than I am, but I'm not always filled. I should be, but I'm not. But if I want my worship life to be right, I need to be filled under that, under that influence, under that control. If you're worship, you want your worship life right, you need to live. Give Him every aspect of your life. You want your wedded life better. Your work life. Your war life. Preacher, I'm going through a battle. How am I going to overcome it, man? you got to get filled with the Holy Spirit of God. What about your witness life? When's the last time you asked anybody or you were concerned enough to ask somebody or at least hand somebody a gospel track? Say, man, I'm concerned about your soul. Man, that ought to break your heart. There's people all around us dying without Jesus. Some of them neighbors Never even hold, heard the truth. And a lot of times, here's what's happening. Well, you know, I was getting around to, to talking to them, but then you see their name in the obituary. You hear, you get the phone call, you get the text third day, and there's never another opportunity for you to have to make that call or to knock on that door. And, man, we ought to seize the moment. And listen, rely on the Holy Spirit of God under His influence, His control. I promise you, it'll make me a better preacher. It'll make me a better husband, make me a better daddy. It'll make you a better church member in, in every aspect we've caught, covered tonight. But you got to get, takes complete commitment. What area of your life you holding back? He wants every key. If you'll surrender, man, God will change every aspect of our life when we choose to obey His words. We stand all over the house. Let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, one more time. To share and proclaim the truth of your word. Now, God, I've done my very best to empty and exhaust myself the message of the hour. About a subject I desperately need. God, I pray that you'd help me to search my heart to be continually filled. Lord, sometimes I gripe. Sometimes I complain. Lord, forgive me. God, I pray that you'd help us to be faithful. Lord, to be filled continually. To make a difference in our lives and the lives of those around us. Lord, you will make a difference. When you fill us. And we'll give you thanks. We'll give you praise for what you do. If we ask these things in Jesus' name. Hello friends. This is Brian Poindexter. The pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church. Located at 2216 Hennings Road. In East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry. That's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus of Faith Community Baptist Church. To preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world, to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages, and our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m. with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service, and every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eat and meet service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's holy word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today, and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation. They prepare for retirement. They seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words, good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible said, Therefore by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. 
You must understand that you're loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16, it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4, in verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Romans 10, 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must ask God to save you. I can't do it. No one can do it for you. Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you know you're a sinner, and if you're sorry for your sin, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, you simply have to ask him to save you. And I say, Preacher, how can I know for sure God will hear me? But first of all, the Bible tells us that we must be drawn. John 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which had sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, if you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them. If you believe Jesus died for your sins, and if you asked him to save you, then the Bible declares you've been saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been forgiven of all your sin. Romans 8, 1 declares, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Once a person has been saved, they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God calls us out of darkness and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. If you have asked God to save you, please contact us, and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here, and may God richly bless you and your family is our prayer.